everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we get started, I want to remind you that here on the My Minds podcast, we do often talk about eating disorders, body dysmorphia, exercise addiction, suicide, and other potentially triggering topics. Usually in the description below, I will write down what we talk about specifically in this episode. That being said, I do hope you enjoy this, but please do be careful. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the My Minds podcast. Today, I am here with the lovely Laura Beth. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you for the invite. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Um, I actually got to know you when I was doing the interview with the the poet of pace. Um, <laughs> Donato, yeah. Yeah, and we were we were talking before the podcast, and he had just recently done an interview with you, I believe, um, right, and he yeah. said that you'd be an interesting person to talk to. Um, oh. And then we met when you came to one of the you came to one of the training events that I do with First Steps. <laughs> I know I couldn't believe that after and I realized after when I sent you a message I thought I can't believe that she was a small world yeah it's weird isn't it how things like that work things like that happen all the time and it's very it's very strange um it's always weird for me when I meet people who have heard of my own minds before I've met them that's a very weird feeling um but yeah thank you so much for coming on I I wanted to ask you first off so I I'd kind of done a little bit of research into you and stuff and I I know on your in your bio it says you're an ultra runner what does that mean (laughs) I am dipping my toe into the ultra world so it's um an ultra distance which is just over a marathon um so yes I suppose it can be anything from what 30 miles to 300 miles okay so yeah so so, um yeah, I've got um, quite a big um, run actually planned this weekend, which will be my longest, which is, um, yeah, about 44 miles. That's been my longest I've ever done. Um, so, yeah, that, that really recently started oh, about 18 months ago, a year ago. So, yeah, yeah I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, and I want to I wanna ask you more about your um, exercise and stuff as we go on. But um, to start off, I wanted to, obviously, this is the My Minds podcast, so we talk all about mental health. Um, and I know that you had mentioned previously that you've had some experiences with an eating disorder. And I, I wanted to ask, um, you know, I guess to start off with, where, when did it all begin? As At least when can you remember it starting? Yeah, uh, you know, I had this conversation last week because it only dawned on me recently that I think I developed some quite unhealthy views when I was as young as seven or eight I was quite young um with regards to what's naughty food and I shouldn't be eating that and I should be eating less of that so that was quite a young age Mm. um and then I had not very nice views towards my own body growing up as a lot of us do um but the actual eating disorder itself would have started now is 1920 um I was part of a, a group of people that was the cool crowd and I was a little bit bigger than most of them. So I thought the, the thing to do was to maybe lose a little bit of weight. So um, for over about 12 months or so, I began to eat less and less. I lost quite a lot of weight quite quickly. Um, but then so I, over time, I realised I needed to start eating again. I did. And that's when I developed bulimia. So bulimia, part of my life for nearly 16 years so it's been a very very long long journey 
Yeah. So so initially it was um I don't know maybe the way that your your family or friends when you were younger were behaved around food or like you know, that, that made you start to think that way when you were younger is that was that the case or I'm not, I'm not sure. George, you know, I, I don't know. And I would like to maybe delve into that a little bit more because I am not sure what triggered those thoughts off from being so young. Um, but I can remember, you know, being at secondary school at 11 and 12 and there were some girls that I piled around with and they said some quite negative things about my body and I was slightly bigger than them. So I think that had a, a bit of an impact. Um, and I was, you know, 11 or 12. And I th- some of the things they said to me then have always stopped in my mind as well. And I still think about them now, actually, you know, 38 soon. So, yeah, it's um, children can be cruel, can't they, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. And you know, the fact that you still think about it now, and I, I know I definitely have those memories myself of people you know, making comments. You know, I don't think... I was maybe fortunate enough to never be like outwardly picked on. I don't know if you were the, the same or not, but um, you know, people did definitely make passing comments and, and that, you know, I, mine came from after an injury and I gained a significant amount of weight. So understandably people noticed and maybe people occasionally mentioned it, but it really hurt me. And, and I can still yeah. remember, I can even, I can remember like the way they phrased it and everything. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it had an impact on you when that's the case massive and then there's comments about my legs actually and then since then I felt like I needed maybe I developed this obsession with exercise at some point as well to burn off calories and make my legs smaller um but yeah I mean that's the the voice stopped with me those comments have Mm. yeah and how about um you know as, as so as you progressed and got older and um, I know you said you, um, was it 18, 19, you, you were restricting um, quite severely? Yeah, 19, yeah, 19, 20, um, eating a very minimal amount of food, hardly anything actually for, for a year or so. And then I had a lot of comments and Laura's lost her curves and she's lost all the weight. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's an interesting side of it because um, often we hear the you know the side of if you when you start to lose the weight people even congratulate you to a point and yeah. say like oh well done but then actually you know, like maybe you're saying there that when was that the case with you was it originally congratulations and then as as you got thinner and thinner then people started yeah. to be like actually now it's an issue yeah so I, I did get him oh you look well Laura you've, you've lost a little bit of weight and then after so long it was like you, you've lost all your cares Laura your face is getting thin so it went yeah. from one extreme to to the other but then because of that it got to the point where I didn't want to put any weight on because then I got this thought if I start putting weight on the people's going to start saying to me now oh Laurie put some weight on now yeah. just a constant battle and it really messes with your head doesn't it and I, I, it does. you know, I think um you know the the culture around weight is so I think even still now I think we're becoming more aware of it but it's still so kind of insidious and yeah um there's so it's you're it's it's socially accepted to comment on somebody's weight um as long as it's in a way that is apparently okay like if you're saying someone's like lost some weight and they look okay or, or whatever it is it's just for some reason it's okay where it would never be with a lot of other things yeah, it, it's hard, isn't it? And it's, um, again, I was 
I'm backtracking a little bit here, talking about um, muscles as well in the gym, because um, I know this is something with you. I then started going to the gym and I'm gaining a lot of muscle. So then people started commenting on um, me having big arms and my muscles were growing. So, you know, it's from losing weight and putting weight on. And then I got how my body was changing through exercise as well, which people was commenting again, such a lot on, which can be nice and complimentary at first but mm. then that can have it well it did have quite a negative effect as well yeah and I, don't, I don't know about you um maybe it's the same and uh, let me know but i i almost became probably probably subconsciously but i became dependent on people's comments of my body yeah. especially when people started to um positively comment and say oh it's well done for losing weight i craved that and if i wasn't getting it then you know my self-worth was attached to people saying stuff about my body yeah i get that and it gives you another incentive to go back to the gym a bit more and pick some more weights up and yeah now I, I get that i had that as well because people noticed your gains lower and my arms you know was getting musclier and um my tries and I, I mean don't get me wrong i'm quite i'm happy with them now but there's just so many people were commenting on on them as well mm. and what why do you think it is people have like feel that it's okay to do that i don't know i i don't know i i guess some might think they're being complimentary and it's um a nice thing to say i i don't know i really yeah. don't know but it is just the, the standard thing isn't it whether you're going out for a drink in a pub whether you're in the gym or whether you're walking in the park with a, a t-shirt on somebody can comment quite frequently to you about your shape and your size I don't know. Is it a conversation starter? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it seems the um, again, it's the accepted way of of communicating, especially in a gym. Um, it's 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 like the go to. I I've I said this on a uh, I think on a podcast recently, saying now even I have to hold myself back from saying, "Oh, like your arms look big, mate," or something. When I see my yeah. friend doing something in the gym, because yeah. it's just so ingrained into the culture that yeah. that's what you say and that's what you do. That's what I've started thinking as well. And I'm very careful with what I say to people now. I mean, you know, you can say somebody looks really well and looks really fit, and, but you don't know what's actually going off with them in their head. And if that's going to then go, they're going to go back and it's going to impact them then. And thinking, well, I look like that, so I need to now carry on doing more of that. Yeah. And how, so how did your, um, I suppose, how did this i know you mentioned that it developed into some kind of bulimia experience how, how did that happen can you talk a little bit more about about your experiences with that like with the transition bulimia. with like with the transition towards it and then i suppose with bulimia itself yeah so it was obviously um, when i started eating again i just felt really guilty for every meal and there was that fear of putting weight on mm. um so yes yeah, so i developed bulimia but i I honestly don't know how that started. I don't know whether I've seen something on telly or whether I've read about it. I am not sure how that initial first thought went into my head. Um, but for years, I did not think I'd got a problem at all. And I was making myself quite ill severely, um, regularly. And I just didn't think I'd, I'd got an issue at all for such a long time. Um, yeah, and then I had um, a couple of experiences with doctors, a couple weren't great. Um, a lady doctor that was really helpful and I got introduced to First Steps. So that was like a bit of a big change for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just been part of my life for so many years. And it's only this last year, 18 months, where 
I'm a lot better. I'm, I'm much better. I'm not, I'm not purging. I mean, yes, I will admit last year I had a couple of little relapses, but I think when something's been part of your life for all your life, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I, I agree. Like I am, um, I would say I'm recovering and I would, you know, I think, I think, um, eating disorders are a spectrum and you're not, you're not either fixed or, or not fixed. You know, you move across, you go towards the bad end and, and you come back towards the good end over and over again. Um, and I would say, you know, I still do go towards that disordered eating side occasionally. Um, you know, I, I had quite a bad experience this morning, if I'm honest with you, um, for people listening today, today is the, the day that the gyms reopened. So, um, I, in the UK for people listening abroad, um, we do actually have a few people listening abroad, which is, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to the gym this morning and it's been the first since, uh, for, I don't know how long, like since the last time the gym gyms were open. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I had this just overall, just like anxious. I, I, de- I've definitely gained weight during this lockdown. Yeah. And I think walking into the gym and looking at the mirror and having that comparison to the last time I looked in that mirror and seeing how much my body was had changed. Um, it just, it hit me like a truck and all these feelings of, of like, Oh, I don't, I shouldn't eat when I get back and, and thinking mm. like, Oh, I need like, you know, I need to, I need to look leaner. So, you know, I need to do some, I need to do some more high rep work and I need to do some more, some, some kind of training that's going to do some kind of cardio in order to, to help burn this extra body fat off that I've, I've gained. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was really horrible. And I had to kind of come home and, and have a moment, um, where I sat down and I wrote in my journal and reminded myself of everything that I've built up. Cause it, I lit, cause it feels almost like, I don't know if this is how you, you felt when you had your kind of slip ups, but when you do slip up, it feels like it's all gone. Like everything, all the progress. Yeah. 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 It's just destroyed. Did you manage to get a workout this morning? Did yeah. you manage to do one? Yeah. yeah I yeah. went as well. I was the same as you. So obviously the gym's back open. So yeah, I was there first thing this morning. Um, the guys at my gym are really good. They're really, they are really good. So it, it takes quite a lot of that sort of pressure off. Mm. But I did notice when I, I took my top off and I've got a vest on from the last time I was in there. And I can see that I've lost some muscle and my, my weight, my muscle mass has gone a bit from my arm. So I wasn't expecting that. Um, and that kind of, that hit me as well. I mean, I, I enjoyed the gym. I enjoyed going, but that did hit me this morning when I looked at my body and I was looking in the mirror. Um, so yeah, I can completely understand and get you this morning what happened with you. And how, how does it, uh, like you say it hit you, but like, so like for me, like I said, I just got, I got this kind of anxiety and I got all these intrusive thoughts coming in, but like, how, how did it affect you? Like, what was the, what were the emotions that you had? Um, well, at first I need to probably get back to the gym and put my arms back up again a bit more. Mm. Um, but this is when it gets very difficult. This is why I was so interested in speaking to you because I've got this, this thing about going to the gym and lifting weights but then also with being um, having an eating disorder for so many years and losing weight, they're kind of they're, they're related, but they're quite opposite as well because I mm. want to build muscle up and have muscle, but then you know I, I don't want to put weight on at the same time. So it's very very difficult. It's a very hard balance, I guess. And that's why I was I was so looking forward to speaking to you because I've listened to you in your 
journey with over exercising and because um, you, some of the things that you say are just so similar to me mm, yeah so yeah I, I think it sounds kind of similar to my experiences with um muscularity oriented disordered eating where you know it's it's not a fully diagnosable um form of eating disorder or disordered eating yet because we don't understand it well enough within the research but um, the general um, characteristics of it or like what tends to come up is that idea of having these contrasting beliefs or these contrasting goals in the fact that you want to gain weight but you also want to lose weight at the same lose time it. yeah um, and and it becomes an impossibility and you know you and it it, it ends up in this and tell me if you this is experience that you've had because it, it's definitely with me this kind of um cyclical um body dissatisfaction where you're either um gaining weight and you feel good that you you look a bit bigger muscularity wise but you think oh i've gained some body fat and then and then you think okay oh well, i'll lose weight now and you lose some body yeah. fat. oh i've lost some body fat but now i'm small and yeah. this constant like you're not you're always, cool. always one thing that's wrong yeah, that was a bit like when I looked at my arms this morning. So I just thought, well, I've lost my muscle there. I'm going to stop pumping my um, weights a bit more. But it's, yeah. but then again, I don't really want to do that either. So it, it's tricky. Mm. It is tricky. So this is the thing, yeah, when you say I'm in recovery, and I am, I'm in a good place. But then obviously there's some days that are a lot harder than others. Yeah, yeah. And and um, I, th I think... You know, muscularity oriented disorder i'm going to call it mode because it's it's a mouthful um but mo mode is such a um it's i feel like it's almost inbuilt into the gym culture and it's reinforced it's like the i i you know so many people who do the bulking and cutting dieting yeah and and th th that's not strictly disordered well i suppose i suppose technically it may be maybe but it doesn't mean you have some kind of eating disorder or disordered pattern by doing that but you're you're acting out. You're you're doing the behaviour of someone who well, you're doing the behaviour of someone who could have some form of disordered like behaviour or thought. Yeah. Um. So I just I feel like doing it is like almost inviting those thoughts or inviting that that um that thought process of like oh I need to lose weight oh but now I'm too small okay now I need to eat more so I can get bigger or oh, now I'm too fat or overweight or whatever you want to say. So now I need to lose weight again. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a scary thing that it's so um, accepted. Are you, you're in a good place though now, aren't you with that? Um, yes and no. I, I'm, I, like I said, I have, I have, I would say today I'm in a bad, I'm in a bad place. Um, yeah. I've been, I, I would say, you know, I, my good days last longer and are better and my yeah. my bad days are um more sporadic like less often um, and they don't last as long um but i still definitely have both happen yeah what what about yourself yeah well i've been i think doing really well I'm really positive um i've had a lot of good days for weeks on end but then last week i had quite a, a rough week so for three days um that little eating disorder voice was more trickier than others um a few tears and then on um saturday when nikki gray in my head that news I, mm. I was just devastated and but then i 
I've got all these weird thoughts where should I start restricting? I thought should I start restricting food myself again? Um, and then I had this thought of eating and purging, and then I felt so guilty. And I thought, why? Why am I thinking that when she's died, she's lost a life? Why am I not telling that to me? Why is my ED being like that? So, yeah. In all honesty, last week it's it's been quite a tough week. Yeah, yeah, and it and it, it you know I, there are a whole host of reasons why that happens, and I'm I'm you know I'm the same and. Um, I think for, for myself, when I get, I, I have used my eating disorder my entire life as a way to prove to myself that I'm not like crap. I'm not like as, as horrible as my inner self thinks I am. Um, so I, I use exercise and eating in a certain way and, yeah. and manipulating the way my body looks in order to prove to myself that I'm worth something and that I've got something. So whenever something happens that questions whether I'm worth what I'm trying to tell myself I am, I, my immediate thought is I need to do something about it. So, so today when I looked in the mirror and I had a bit more body fat on than I had maybe anticipated, um, my immediate thought was, okay, in order to make myself worthy again, I need to lose this body fat. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's my personal experience with it anyway. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this weekend, um, I've had so many different emotions since I heard about Nikki's death. And, um, but yeah, it, I, I just felt so guilty for them thinking, making them more about me. It's, yeah. um, yeah, it's so. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough, tough few days. But you know, I was glad to get into the gym today. And also, the, the thing that I was, I have been thinking about as well was speaking to you today because I do love talking about this now and my recovery. When so many years I haven't, I was looking forward to speaking. I said to a friend actually, I'm really looking forward to speaking to George on Monday because I think that will help for how negative and. Um, I felt yesterday and over mm. the weekend. I do think talking has helped hugely in my recovery journey, especially yeah, now. I mean, this is all new to me doing all these podcasts. I started to do them, um, you know, about two, three months ago, and I love it. And I'm, yeah, I really am enjoying it. Yeah, that, that, that's. I'm. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you are, and I. I agree 100. I think speaking about. Um, I think any form of mental health issue is always is always beneficial because you you realize that you're not the only person going through it um yeah. especially especially I think you know in in eating disorders and in any kind of poor mental health um you can feel really alone and feel like even though you know other people you know I know other people experience like binge eating or bulimia or what, you know whatever it is that I'm going through at, at that piece when I'm struggling I always think, but I'm worse. Like I'm probably worse than them in some yeah, kind of way. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. like, they've got it. And like, you know, that's, that's fine. But you know, they don't, like people don't get how like horrible. How, yeah. I was the same. Yeah. I get that. And it's, um, yeah. With believing that because I, you know, and I say I was in a bad place and I do think that I was in a really bad place, but yeah. And I, I thought many times nobody can be, in this position I mean there was days when I was making myself ill four or five times a day for days on end and it, I was going to spend a lot of money on food and buying food or the naughty food that I wouldn't normally eat and it, 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 then I was over exercising at the same time but yeah I had this thought when this is just me nobody can be 
in this situation as I'm in right now. Mm. Mm. It went very dark, dark. I mean, I've, yeah, I've taken a massive court in since then. I was in really dark place for some time with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have, I have too, and um, I have relatively recently. Um, I can't remember if I said that on the podcast, but um, about it's probably like two or three months ago now. But I um, had had a couple weeks of like binge eating and, and just feeling awful, and I got to the point where I was having these like um, suicidal thoughts, and yeah. I hadn't left my room for uh, about two weeks, and I remember just saying to my mum like. Um, like I think I, I actually I want to die and you know I, I was I was so like just horrendously down um and my parents had to ring the crisis team and, and I managed to kind of some for some reason that immediate just having that phone call and just being like I'm doing a thing for it immediately made me snap and be like okay out of it yeah yeah I, I need to like I, you know I need to start doing the things that I know help me and although that feels impossible at the time but I managed to make those those small steps and and get through it. That was quite similar to me when I I had some dark suicidal thoughts and um, I had a day when I was really really um, yeah not good, and that was the push that gave me to visit the doctor and go on antidepressants. Um, and I said the other day actually I'm I'm sure they had a big part in saving my life because I was in a in a, a bad place with it, but I can remember having all these really dark thoughts and my children were upstairs and I thought what Laura why are you thinking like this and that was like the little that was my little snap then mm. thinking well my children upstairs I can't think like that anymore I need to get some proper help mm. and it's amazing that you did so was that was that kind of your moment where you you recognized that you needed to, to do something and what what did you do like what was that proper help that you yeah well then I was um speaking to the third the third doctor um that was um she could relate a lot more to my eating disorder she's even been to first step so she she was yeah she was really good and um but I was having all these dark thoughts and for about three or four weeks she was suggesting for me to go into medication mm-hmm. and because there's such a stigma about it and I thought there's no way I need to go on to medication things aren't that bad but the progressive did get worse and worse and worse so yeah, there was this particular day when I had some really dark thoughts and that was the final thing then for when my next appointment with my doctor and I said to her, I think I do need to try going on to antidepressants. That was the the final push. Yeah. And I'm so pleased I did. Yeah. And it, and I I I I take antidepressants even um still now and I you know I, I probably will do for the foreseeable future as far as I'm aware. Um I, but I was exactly the same as you. I had I had that stigma that fear of um i guess it's it's almost like a fear of like i you know i thought that if i took them and i was accepting that i was too weak to do it myself um yeah i think what clicked for me was just um you know the position i was in i was considering you know taking my own life and i just thought like what's what the other option is that i continue to feel this way and I keep trying stuff that isn't isn't working yet. Yeah. Um, so why not? I just thought the only thing stopping me is my own ego. That like and like like what well, what's the point in holding on to to that when I could be feeling good about myself and you know making steps in, in the right direction? How long have you been on medication for then? No. 
Um, I, so I originally, the first time I went on, it was when I went on for about three years. Um, and then I started yeah. to wean off it after I was doing some, um, counseling stuff and I started to kind of work on some stuff, but then I got, I got bad again. And, and recently I, I struggle so much with my sleep because of anxiety and because yeah. of depression. I struggle with sleep. Yeah. So I've I've recently gone back on to another one mm. um, that's helping me sleep, and it yeah it's helping me out a lot. They they really help me sleep a massive amount. Um, so yeah, I mean I've I've been off tablets for a year now, um, but I'm I'm struggling with my sleep, and I've been really really struggling just lately, and I'm just and I'm wide awake for hours, and I just lie in bed wide wide awake. Um, so yeah, they they did help me with that. How come you think you'd why like is there is there anything on like particularly that, that you're struggling to sleep about at the moment or you know I am not sure I you know that obviously the world has been a very crazy yeah. place as we all keep saying and I think yeah I mean we're coming out of lockdown and things are changing and I've been working from home quite a bit and we've got to go back into the office now so whether it's just life in general yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've never been a particularly great sleeper, but just lately, it's, it's been terrible. Mm, I think, yeah, there's, especially with um, lockdown going and, and you know, at least starting to ease up and, and normal life coming back in, I think I think the question more is like, what what is, what wouldn't you be anxious about <laughs> rather than yeah. what would you be anxious about? Because yeah. so many things are, are changing or at least looking to change that it really is a, a fearful thing. Um and especially yeah going back into the gym so what what's your what's your plan with going back in do you have an idea of, of how you're going to get back into it that's, that's going to be good for you or you know is there is there any things in particular that you're focusing on to to help yourself yeah so i'm going i'm only doing t- two sessions this week i'm not going mad there's a time when it would have been two or three times a day mm. but no I, i've just went in this morning and i've got to say just actually walking through the door and get back into the gym environment was 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 good for me mm. um i just did a, a very easy upper body session and then i should be going in again later in the week for just a very easy all over the session but i won't be spending a massive amount of time in there and then next week i should probably go two or three three times but that's on alongside my running because obviously i do a lot of running as well so it's just trying to find that little bit of balance but the guys at my gym are really really good i mean i don't know what your with what your gym's like i mean man they're so friendly um they are like a little family in there so i feel really safe when i when i'm in there so it feels a good place but um, I've been to other gyms in the past where I've not felt as comfortable, which I think can be a problem for other people. Yeah. What What is it that you think that this gym does that's different? Like, like how come it feels more comfortable than the previous one? Yeah. Um, well, the, the guys that I, um, I used to go to school with, one of them, they're a little bit older than me, but they've just put, they talk so much about mental health themselves. Um, in fact, the other day on Instagram, they'd got, posts and things on about bullying and they very much for helping people that are going there and it doesn't matter what you look like how old you are with any disability and everybody's treated the same and they're just generally lovely lovely people in there mm. and that that's, and that, that's how old yeah that that's such a um i was speaking to the the last podcast that i recorded was with shaw uh, who runs the um unified strength gym she has her own gym and she's like a power lifter 
Um, and she was talking about, you know, how she tries to create this environment in the gym that's supportive and, and by just having these conversations and just asking people how they are and just, you know, creating yeah. that environment. And it, I think it's little things like that, like an Instagram post about something to do with mental health or yeah, you know, just it bringing it up in conversation. Like I, I, f- I feel like if, if a trainer in the gym, if I asked the trainer how he was and he just said, you know, actually I'm having a bit of a bad day today. I don't feel, I don't, you know, I don't feel that great. And being honest about that. Um, that would just make me feel instantly like, oh, That's okay, yeah. like I I can have a bad day in the gym. I don't have to pretend I'm like completely great and everything's going fantastic because that that's yeah. the that's the that's the um culture in the gym is that everyone's feeling great everyone's motivated and if you're not then you're the odd one out and you need to be pushed and you need to be fixed you know yeah the the guy that's at my gym you know he said to me back end of last year says he's going to start a new thing now and people come in and say are you all right? And it's like, no, are you really all right? And, and give you a hug and say, come on, you know, let's have a chat. And he, he comes and brings me a cup of coffee. I'm lifting weights <laughs> and I've got a coffee on the go. And um, yeah, it's very therapeutic going there as well mm. as what mentally as training is. But the, it is such a good setup, which I know it does help massively because I've walked into other gyms before and they are very, with people um, wearing certain clothes and you can feel a bit off British and but yeah there's nothing like that there because no, I mean, really you're in Stoke is it Stoke where yeah. you live yeah. right Stoke yeah. on Trent yeah the, so the, what are the gyms like there um they're they're okay like the um the gym I currently go to is like a new one. It's like a um, leisure center that's nearby. I used to go to this big one, Strength Asylum, which um, is, it's just kind of your stereotypical, like, uh, it, it, well, it used to be like a proper like dungeon gym. It was, you know, yeah. it's like all like massive people and, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't you know the environment they've created isn't something that's, you know, promoting mental health, but, you know, at the same time, I suppose it's not, it's not, uh, they, they, from from their Instagram account, like I don't want to like crap on them or anything. So I don't. I generally don't think that they're they're a bad place. But you know, they don't post anything mental healthy. But um, from what I've seen, they don't seem to post anything too, um, you know, bad or you know they're not like shaming people or anything like that. At least yeah. from what I can see, um, it's really difficult because you know it's a very much like bodybuilding gym and the i think the owner loves bodybuilding and stuff and and obviously promoting bodybuilding is it's a sport and and stuff but bodybuilding itself has has these connotations of having to be huge and lean and 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 especially like bodybuilders are always pushing the fact that they're shredded all year round and you know a lot of them are on drugs and steroids and things and so you know i don't have an answer for how to get around that and that's that's the hardest thing um and you know it's something that you know I'm, I'm i'm constantly striving to improve my my thought around that like how do you create how does every gym create a supportive environment um and the you know there are there are certain things i can think of but you know, that's a question for you i don't put you on the spot here a bit but you know for people listening you know as, as a gym goer and someone who's, who's gone through this stuff you know what do you think some like you know maybe any gym could implement um, that could help out yourself maybe do you know I think you probably need to get back to even more based on that I don't think there's much training I think there's much um, education around whether it's um, eating disorders or steroids or I think there's just so much lack of training that um, I don't think 
even personal trainers are aware of. So to me, I think probably a little bit more education and training first, you know, around that. Um, but you see, and even where I go, the um, writers say this before lockdown, they was holding like a little coffee morning after a session as well, where you could sit and have a, a chat after. Um, but I think trying to build up some sort of relationship where it feels more friendly um, instead of PT trainer and just Joe, well, not Joe Blogs, but somebody just comes in off the street trying to build up that sort of relationship. But I just think there's just such a lack of training information around eating disorders, um, steroids, um, because that's part of your, the training that I did with you that I found yeah. fascinating about steroids. I, I really did because it's such a da dangerous um, mm. thing. And I didn't know that until I did that training with you. But I just think that the fitness world probably needs a little bit more education around all of that first and foremost. That's yeah. that's my view. I, I just feel like I, I want to walk around and maybe educate them people at the gym because, I mean, I, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's something actually I'm I'm working on developing with my minds are um, some training things that I'm not going to talk about too much yet because I'm still in the in the process but i'm working yeah. with some people to to develop some training tools for for gyms and for personal trainers and for people who work in the gym to try and help with that kind of stuff i think um, that would be brilliant i think yeah. that is just so lack of that there i think that, that would be so so good yeah and I, yeah i think just just simply just helping trainers because i think you know, i i i resonate with you know as much as i am the person who has the eating disorder i resonate with the idea of being the personal trainer who has no experience with an eating disorder no experience with exercise yeah. addiction and then and then someone comes up to you and says i have an eating disorder or you know someone like what do you say like how you know i can i can understand that fear yeah um, but so just just teaching people what to say and how to do things and, and what your expectation is like you know because i think people think they have to fix people they hear someone has an eating disorder and they think oh like shit i have to i have to fix them i have to like come up with something which isn't what we want we want we just want support we want someone who's like yeah, that's okay talk to them. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah. when I, I began talking to people and people would listen to me it just opened up a, a whole new world to me and then um, but yeah i agree people just think oh what can i do how can what can i do to help how can how can i fix you like you say we we don't need that we just want somebody to to be there um when i was um starting my recovery journey i was going through a little a few bad stages i've got um a very good friend that i trusted and i would just send a message and say I'm in a little bit of a bad place. And just by saying that and striking up that conversation, there's so many times that actually stop me from relapsing. Just having that person there, just, just to send that quick message to. Yeah. And, and, and that, that wasn't a, a fix you. I'm going to fix, I'm going to come around and pick you up and sort yeah, it was nothing to do with that. It was just having somebody there to talk to. Yeah. And that that's what uh you know, I, I think a, a really good good thing that personal trainers can implement is. Um, you know, often PTs will have a, you know, a weekly or bi-weekly check-in or a check-up with their, with their yeah. clients. Why not make five minutes of that check-up the mental check-up? Like, how are you doing? How do you feel about all this? Like, yeah. how are you feeling about the changes in your body? How are you feeling about the food? Like, you know, are you happy with how you're eating? Like, you know, do you feel like this? Because even just saying like, you know, I'm aware that this can lead to disordered eating for some people. I'm aware that people can start to get addicted to this kind of stuff. Um, you know, 
are, how do you feel? Are you okay? And if, if you if you feel like you're not, you can tell me and I, you know, I can you know, tell you to, I can show you the beat website or the first steps website, yeah. or I, I can, I can, um, help you feel comfortable enough to go and talk to your doctor or, you know, whatever it is. I think that's such an important thing to do. I, I think it'll be a brilliant idea. I really do. And I think even more than five minutes, I think, um, even longer than that, just to sit and talk to, because if somebody's not happy with, whether it's how they're training or what they're eating, they're not going to enjoy going into the gym. They're not going to enjoy whatever routine that they've got set up for the nutrition. So I think getting that right is paramount. Mm-hmm. I think it's some really, really good ideas. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, I, I understand again that personal trainers can feel scared to do it, but I really do think that they'd realize it's actually not that big of a deal um or you know, it's not actually you, you you we're not expecting you to be a clinician you know i think that's the the fear no. that they we expect <laughs> personal trainers or people listening think that we're saying you need to be a doctor but you're not you just yeah. have to be a friend basically yeah just somebody to talk to and um yeah and go through any little niggles and concerns yeah well laura thank you so much for coming on today i have i have three questions that i ask to everyone and i know that we're, we're running on time here so i want to get to these questions so that we can um get to the end so the first question are you ready for it i'm ready okay a person either real or fictional who has inspired you oh um gosh yeah, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> These three questions are quite hard, so that's why I wanted to give us a bit of time. Yeah. Um, right. Hmm. <laughs> can I think about that while we go into question two? Yeah, we can go on to question two. I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back. Okay, so question two is um this may be a little bit easier. Um, a time in your life that you didn't like at the time, but now looking back at it, you know that some positives have come from it. Yeah, um, that would actually be going on medication or the lows that I've had, because if that had not happened to me, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in now. Um, I wouldn't be volunteering for first steps if I'd not had, you know, all, all, all this dark stuff, I guess, that's happened in my life. And I wouldn't change any of it now. Yeah. And so like, what, what, how, what was your um, initial... Uh, response when you went on to the medication like how did you did, was there any fear when you took it or like you know were you, you how did you feel originally and how did that change as you started to take it yeah the, uh, gosh the first two weeks I went on to I had some horrific side effects it felt mm. awful really really bad in fact my anxiety and paranoia was worse than ever mm. um but then after a couple of weeks that eased off I stuck with it and it was just, I generally just started to feel better. I could tackle the days more, those dark thoughts it disappeared over time. Um, I mean, I often say, it's new. I'm going to jump out the door and just feel a lot better. And, you know, none of that kind of thing. But I, did, I could take on each day much better than I could previously. Yeah. And did, did people in your, in your life notice a difference at all? Um... <sighs> When I was on medication, I think initially after the first two or three three months, yes, um, better. But they've noticed more now 
I'm a much better now than I was 18 months ago. Now I've been yeah. on them mm-hmm. and come off them and I'm, you know, in a good place with my volunteering and doing these talks with people like you, which I really enjoyed doing. That's making such a difference. So they have noticed that more than anything. I mean, yeah. this year things have changed such a lot for me yeah. for the I better. Think, good, good. And I think, um, you know, a really kind of under um underappreciated side of medication uh, or t- like taking antidepressants or whatever it was that you were on um is that it help it it puts you into a place where you can then help you know, you can then improve your own relationship with stuff so you know i think often um people think that you go on them to be fixed and that's it but really i think what it is is sometimes you're in a place that's so bad or so dark that you can't you know, speak about it or you can't start yeah. to implement things to help yourself in a way. Um, and antidepressants help put you in a position where you can start to develop those things. Um, and yeah. then, you know, like you say, you can move forward and, 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 you know, start to start to feel even better. Yeah. I, I did find that the, the numb, um, the, the dark and the, the baffles, but they also seem to numb a lot of other feelings as well. So not necessarily the happiness thoughts, but everything was kind of a little bit more, numbed them or on an even keel i didn't get any really really happy moments either yeah um which but yeah since i've i've come off them and it's funny because i've been a little bit more emotional at times as well than i was when i was on them mm. um yeah and i've been happier as well but they, yeah. they've changed they've changed my life for the better yeah that that's that's really good and yeah i think i think it's important to to know like the effects that even the ones that don't seem as as um positive uh, per- personally i've had nothing but positive effects from them to be honest with you um, good. Good. so yeah I, I feel like i'm the the kind of um poster boy for them if anything because no, i brilliant. yeah because they, they've been really helpful for me um so the third question normally the final one but we're going to go back to the first one afterwards <laughs> so and um, the third one is a phrase to live by Ah, uh, probably the one that I've got tattooed on my arm in he- okay. Hebrew. Um, dream as if you'll live forever, live each day as if it's your last. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I loved it that much. I've got it inked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't got any tattoos myself, but I've I have um one, like I know what I'm gonna get when I when I do, um, which is from there's a book that I love so much called Siddhartha. And I would encourage everyone here to to read it. Um, and it's really really short and it's just beautifully poetic. And in the book, um, the main character, Siddhartha, is walking like through a forest. And the, I, I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it's basically that um it's he he realized then that meaning and reality was not hidden somewhere behind things, but it was in all of things. So basically it's the it's the idea that we don't need to search for the meaning and for, for whatever it is that we want in life. We don't need to search yeah. for meaning in life. We have it. Like what we are so now, did, uh, this is it. Yeah. Like this is the wonderful. I love that. Yeah. That's deep. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You should de- read Siddhartha. Honestly, it's so beautiful. It's such a wonderful, wonderful book. I will. I love reading. I love my books. I will look up for that. You should. You should. So I'm now going to go back to the, the, the danger the, question the <laughs> i've thought um, of an answer okay let's go well who inspires me that's my brother so okay. um yeah my brother's two years younger than me um i'm sure he won't like me mind me saying this but yeah he had um 
a life-changing accident in 2013 so he came off his pushback while he was cycling and uh, yeah so um our Tom broke his back and he's paralyzed from his nipples down and he was you know in his 20s at the time when it happened so yeah it, it was obviously devastating for all but Tom is just amazing he just took it you know on and um he never once said, why has this happened to me? Why is my life like this? And it was actually Tom that got me into running. So he um, gave me a little push to try joining a running club when I um, was thinking about it, which I'm forever grateful that he did. Mm. So, yeah, and he does and he inspires me. And there's many times actually when I'm out and I'm doing something, I can think, well, Tom would love to be doing this. Just get off and do it or do that for your brother now. So, yeah, my brother. Oh, what an inspiring man. Yeah, awesome. he's amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. Well, shout out to him. Um, and yeah, thank so thank you very much, Laura, for coming on today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I've loved talking to you. I'd love to meet up with you at some point, and I'd love to discuss more about your um, what you're trying to do with the fitness world and anything. I'd love to get together with you at some point about some of that. One one hundred percent. I would Great. I would love to. When when lockdown's down, we'll we'll get something sorted. Definitely. Brilliant. Love awesome. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening as always. Um, it's been a wonderful podcast, and I hope to see you at the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can, give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out mayaminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there. And we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.